the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Our text is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 to 29, and it's cross-referenced in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 32. It's all about honoring the Lord's table. It's all about revisiting the glory of the Lord's Supper, why we practice communion and why this is so important for us to, uh, to understand in our, not only in our hearts but in our spirit as we worship the Lord. Uh, beginning with verse 26 in our Matthew 6 passage, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. You know, we do this uh, Holy Communion, uh, Lord's Supper, once a month. And sometimes when you get to do things uh, routinely, uh, sometimes it becomes nothing more than a thing that you do as part of your worship. It becomes more of like a tradition, you know. It becomes more of a ritual. And sometimes because we do it so often, we, we, we seem to, to think that, hey, okay, well, I've, I've, I've done that, and, and that's that. And sometimes we don't take the time to really go a little bit deeper on what it is that we, we, we are practicing, okay? We only have two ordinances that the Lord Jesus left us. I mean, there's not a whole lot. There's only two. Remember me when you partake of the table and water baptism. And so, and so these two ordinances, sacraments if you want to call them, are the two things that characterizes our membership to the body of Christ. And it becomes an important thing that all of us understand what it is that we're participating with uh, and be cognizant of the value because this is essential to our faith. Everybody who profess and confess and call on the name of Jesus must know that this is part of that confessional life. This is part of that life uh, that we had been given. And Jesus was very clear when he says, every time you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. That's a big deal. It's a big concept. Some of us will be participating in the Lord's table and will have absolutely no clue to its meaning and significance. Maybe some of you know the meaning, 
but don't realize the significance. Let's take a look again in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 32. This is the Apostle Paul telling the church about the Lord's table. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. So this has been passed on to us, okay? This has been given to us not yesterday, not a year ago, not about a, a, a century ago, but through the, the life of the church. It has been passed on to us. We, church, The church has been doing this for over 2,000 years. So this is a big deal. That I passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drink the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, are you sensing that this is a big deal? It is a big deal, isn't it? A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Well, that's a, you know, and, I, and I read that and I said, you know, this is, this is, this is a little bit more um, staggering <laughs> than I'd really like to, uh, to know. He means business when it comes to understanding the observance of the Lord's Supper. He's quite adamant about it, serious about observing the Lord's Supper. He wants it honored. The Lord wants it celebrated, right? That's what the word that we use. We're celebrating the Lord's Supper. We're celebrating the communion. Uh, but it doesn't seem to me that this is a tone of a celebration. Jesus says, when you do this, you're doing something more profound than just celebrating. You're actually remembering who I am. You're actually recognizing in your life who I am and what I have done. So my, my goal this morning is not to belabor the point of the significance of, of, of the Lord's Supper, but for us to understand how much Jesus wants us to not only understand, but to honor it. To be people, to be Christians who honor who Jesus is. You know, um, I, don't, I don't give too much attention to what other people say about who Jesus is. I mean, there's so, so many people have so many different opinions about who Jesus is, and sometimes we get bogged down. One of the challenges of, 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 being, of, of preaching is that, you know, you, you, you're tempted to kind of give enough details for people to absolutely, um, you know, make it clear to them about what you're talking about. But in the case of our understanding of the Lord's Supper, I would rather spend the time trying to remind us of what this is really all about, okay? So that we, we at least we, God's people, followers of Jesus, at least we know 
without a shadow of the doubt that when somebody asks, why do you do that? Or why do you follow Jesus? That we, we, we have an understanding, a solid understanding of why that's so and why we honor it. Okay? How do we honor the Lord's table? Uh, this thing that we're about to do at the end of the sermon. Of course, we honor the Lord when we understand and respond by faith. So what about the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, holy communion? These are all the same terms for the same thing. Do we need to understand and therefore honor? There are four things, four very basic foundational things. And when I say foundational, uh, some people say, well, you know, pastor, if it's foundational, I already know it. I know you already know it. Um, I know there's nothing else that I can add, nor will there ever be anything that I would want to add. But when I say foundational, I want you to know that it's the deepest, deepest part of our understanding of our relationship with God. It's the foundation. You know, a house, the foundation is where? At the bottom, right? If you put the foundation on the first floor bedroom, that's not going to work. Right? So foundation is always at the base, at the very bottom. And if it's at the bottom, it's at the deepest part of our being. So don't, don't be saying, well, you know, foundational, that, you're talking about some basic things that I already know. I know you already know. But sometimes you have to visit that foundation because there could be termites in there. There could be cracks in the foundation. Right? And when there are cracks in the foundation, when there are things that, that, that makes the foundation shaky, guess what happens? We don't know what to do. You know, we crumble. Our faith crumbles. We don't want to do that when it comes to understanding our relationship with God through the Holy Communion, through the participation that we have in the Lord's Supper. Number one, four things. Four very basic things. We start at the very foundational aspect of it. Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. The Lord's table is first and foremost a commemoration of Christ. A commemoration of Christ. Look at this verse again. Jesus says, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we commemorate something or someone, we are being uh, asked to be mindful of that event or of that person. Now, in this case, the commandment by Jesus is for us to both remind ourselves of who Jesus is, his person and his nature, and secondly, of what he has done. So when we gather together today to celebrate or to honor the Lord's table, we're doing those two things. We are ratifying, affirming, and confirming in our lives, in our own minds, and in our own hearts that we know who Jesus is. And that explains why I'd like to hear the name of Jesus coming out of our mouths in the way we sing, this in the church, in the way we pray, in, in everything that, that we do. It's because it tells the Lord that we know who He is. I, I am proud to tell you, I am on a first name basis with Jesus. Yep, of course I call him Lord, but he knows my name. We sing about that, don't we? He knows my name. <laughs> he knows. I, 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 
I can't sing. But we remember who he is. We know who he is. And we also know what he has done. So we're commemorating a person and an event. Okay? So that, that's kind of an important thing. Why is Jesus' um, uh, you know, why, why, why is the Lord's Supper uh, so focused on remembering who Jesus is and what he has done? Because it tells us that the only begotten Son of God suffered for us. You know, it's, you know, what is it that we're remembering? What is it that we're commemorating? That Jesus, being the Son of God, fully God, fully man, second person of the tri- triunity of God, Trinity, suffered. And that should, that should stagger your mind, that he suffered. And why is that important? Because Jesus solidifies for us the fact that Jesus was actually a physical human being. Did you know that? You know, I talk to a lot of people who keep telling me, well, Jesus had a lot of advantages, you know, he's, he's God. Yes, he is. But he's also a physical human being just like you and I. And that, why is that a big deal? Because his body was given to us as a sacrifice. There are implications to us as followers of Jesus every time we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay? And it involves two things. Stewardship of the body and suffering of the body. That's always true in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Jesus, okay, is telling us to the Lord's table that I was truly a physical person. I, I truly have flesh and blood. I, I have all the things that you have, okay? And therefore, you have a responsibility to that physicality. Amen? And that same body that I have, the, the other thing that I did with that is I suffered in the body. I suffered in the body, Jesus is saying to himself. Now, that should really change the way we look at our bodies and the suffering that our bodies go through, okay? So we, 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 need, to, we need to look at that. Suffering of the body, the sacrifice of the body of Jesus is, the, is what the Bible calls the perfect sacrifice. It's consistent with the Old Testament prefiguring of his coming. Did you know that the, the, the sacrificial lamb in the, in the Old Testament has to be a perfect lamb? They can't just go in there with a blind sheep, right? A crippled cow, you know, a stuttering goat. Uh, uh. No, 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 no. God says when you enter the place to offer the sacrifice, it has to be perfect. My brother just came back from Japan. He's bragging about having to eat uh, Kobe beef. Have you heard of Kobe beef? You know what goes through the process before that beef gets into your plate on the table? It's supposed to be the most tender beef that you could ever eat. I know I'm making you hungry and I'm only in the beginning of the sermon. But you know what goes in the process? I, I heard that they take that cow and they give it all kinds of of massages, 
you know, it, it sleeps in an air-conditioned thing. Uh, you know, they, they give them fine wine, beer. It's true. It's, you can read it for yourself. You know, Google it, Kobe beef. They do all of these things. They pamper. You know, they, they, they massage. You know, they make sure that the beef is comfortable only to be sacrificed so I can enjoy it when they slaughter it. Well, we may laugh, but Jesus <laughs> kind of did the same thing. Jesus was a perfect son of God. He may, be, he may have had the physicality that you and I have, but he didn't engage that body into any kind of sin. He didn't. It was perfect. It was this perfect sacrificial lamb of God. That's why Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. When you eat this bread representing my body, you've got to know what you're getting into. You've got to know what I have given you. How does it apply to us today? We in our body do not engage ourselves in things that pollutes and destroys us in sin. We don't do that. We walk away from it. We make sure that our body does not engage in anything that, 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 that displeases and Jesus exemplified that for us, of course, in much higher and bigger ways. But that's how we respond to it. Uh, this body, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, I urge you, I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. That's exactly what Jesus is saying to us every time we partake of communion. You know, your body means something to God. How we, how we take care of our bodies matters to God. How, how, we, how we engage this body in activities uh, that we do on an everyday basis matters to God. And you might be saying, well, if that's true, Pastor, how come God allows some people to be sick and have these uh, infirmities and have all of these things? You know, I don't claim to give you an answer on that particular question. But this is what I can tell you. God, whatever He gives us in the body, whatever color of skin He has given us, whatever infirmities we have, that's all part of the fall. It's not an excuse for us not to take care of that body that we have. I know you're all jealous. But you have no excuse. I have no excuse. You can't be pointing to God, wow, God, you gave me this body. And God is saying, well, what are you going to do with it? It's the same principle as God given someone ten talents, five talents, and one talent. It's not what God has given us. It's what we do with it. That's what matters to God. And then, and then Jesus says, that body that I have suffered. Suffered. When Jesus sacrificed his body on the cross, it was a perfect sacrifice. And you know what? God is asking of us the same kind of attitude, the same kind of mind, the same kind of humility. Did you know that the thing that you um, sacrifice, if you, if, if you become good steward 
of your body, the product of that is the good quality of sacrifice of your life. It's, it's just, that's just a plain truth. You know, when you, when you, when you, when you uh, take care of your body so that you can serve the Lord, that's a much better sacrifice than when you don't take care of the body serve the Lord. What's a better sacrifice? To be able to clap your hands and praise God or you have arthritis and you can't move and you can't praise God. Are you being silly, Pastor? No. There is sacrifice involved when we say we want to sacrifice our bodies. That means we have to take care of our bodies regardless of what we have. Pastor, is drinking and smoking a sin? I've always been asked that. I, people, I don't know, I don't know what, how else to answer people when they say, is smoking bad, Pastor? Am I going to hell because I smoke? It depends on what you smoke. But it's, it's a silly question. Uh, smoking matters for nothing. It, it doesn't matter for eternity. It really doesn't. Well, why, well, then why are we asking that? Because we, we want our flesh to dictate what we, what we want. And the Bible says, no, 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 no. You have a different mindset. You have the Holy Spirit. You have to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Suffering is an unavoidable consequence of following Jesus. But suffering, listen very carefully, is not a bad word. Suffering is not sacrificially suffering for the Lord. It's not a bad thing. Look at Romans 8.17. Now if we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. <coughs> That's a beautiful verse. Many of us try to escape suffering and, and, and things like that, but suffering for a believer is a sign of being molded and being perfected. And that's a good thing. It is a wonderful thing. Jesus' death on the cross, listen, reversed the meaning of suffering. Because Jesus suffered and died on the cross, that death, that suffering reversed the meaning of Suffering. In the Old Testament, suffering was generally regarded as pure punishment. In the Old Testament, you read the story of Job. Job, the Bible says, was a blameless man, and God allowed the devil to destroy Job's life in every aspect of it. And guess what? Job had friends, and they all surrounded Job. And you know, they had one thing to say to him. All of them, the same thing, the same message. You must have done something really bad to deserve this thing. You must have violated some commandment. You must have made some wrong decision. Uh, you, you, must have, you must have calculated the grace of God in the wrong way. You must have done this. You must have done that. And God vindicated Job. Because God was proving Job. God, who was God proving to when he allowed the suffering to happen to Job? Some says, well, he's proving to Satan that Satan was wrong about Job. Some saying, oh, God is proving himself to Job. That's why he allowed him to suffer. No, 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 not, nothing like that. God allowed Job to suffer so God can prove his own word. And that's what God does. 
That's the beauty of when we go through suffering in the name of Jesus, it proves God's word about who he is. Forget about what he proves to us. Do you know people, Christians I know, say, well, God needs to prove himself. He, has, he owes us no proof of anything. He doesn't owe us anything. God doesn't owe us one thing. But he vindicates his own word. And that's more powerful than just him vindicating our situations and vindicating whatnot. I'd rather God says to me one day when I face him, I was right about you. Come on, God's people. Would you like to hear God say that to you when you enter the pearly gates? I don't know if it's pearly. I'd like golden gates. Pearly is, you know, not not enough for me. (laughs) I want those gates to be gold. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that, okay? But what would you rather hear from the mouth of the Lord when you face him? Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm pretty sure he's going to say that, all right, because it's in the Bible. But do you think that's the only thing Jesus is going to say? He's going to say these words. I was right about you. I knew it. I knew that you were going to rise up. Why? Because Jesus was serious about this suffering thing in the body and all of this stuff. Jesus says, I'm not going to take this fruit from the vine again until I drink this with you in my father's kingdom. I'd imagine myself sitting on that table. Oh yeah. And Jesus saying, I was right about you. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, Your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.